Joe Biden, and I approve this message. 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. We're about to rock your world, baby. Steph. And I'm the G-Man. And in this episode, we want to thank some people. Alan, so who can we thank? We're going to thank Craig P. and Peter for the uh, office at 77 Water Street, 35th floor. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, it's, made, it's made this show a lot easier to do. We do have to appreciate you guys. Yeah, we do appreciate it. And, and we shout out every, every week to you guys. Some bumper music on this show. We've got some interesting things for you. And we got... Alan has got the hammer, the hatchet, and the he's guillotine. Got, guillotine. So we got se- segments for you. So we've got idioms for idiots off the segment. Yay! Heads are going to roll without butter. That's right. He's going to cream cheese because you can't afford it right now. Monday, Monday. Can't trust that day. Monday, Monday. Sindoni says change will happen beginning now. Don't put gas in your car, don't put diesel in your truck, don't put gas or diesel in your boat on Mondays. Go away, Monday, Monday, it's here to stay, oh, Monday, Monday. Anxious. Suffer from PTSD? 
maybe you'd like better brain and memory support. Or perhaps just be in a better mood. Well, if that's you, then congratulations. You've taken the first steps toward Atma Prema. Sanskrit for unconditional self-love. Supreme Micros has formulated the most advanced protocol for your immunity, longevity, and peace of mind. A proprietary blend of 13 of the highest vibrationally sourced organic mushrooms available anywhere. And in addition, baby pine needle sprouts. A supreme formula for everyone. SupremeMicros.com. Order today and start on your road to unconditional self-love. Obama and I approve this message. The only people who don't want to disclose the truth are people with something to hide. Welcome. You have now entered the Thailand zone. The mind is like a parachute. It can only work if it's open. A word of caution. What you discover here today is the shocking truth that the CIA created Barack Obama. Yes, Barack Obama is really Prince Saduya Day of Thailand. The truth is stranger than fiction. Wake up America before it is too late. A simple DNA test will expose the fact that Barack Obama is a fraud. Maybe I'm not an American citizen. And some people said, ah, he has a forged birth certificate. Well, first of all, um, it's true, I'm not an American. I mean, I, I was not born in Hawaii. I wasn't born in the United States of America. Uh, I come from Kenya. And so I think people saw my election as, uh, as proof, as testimony that... Iraq has led by example. When we took our trip to Africa and visited his home country in Kenya, uh, we took a public HIV test. Question, um, Obama, our president-elect Obama's birthplace over in Kenya, is that going to be a national uh, spot to go visit where he was born? It's um, already uh, an attraction. Uh, oh, okay. his, his, his paternal grandmother mm -hmm. is still alive. and. Uh, uh, but his, his birthplace, they'll, be, they'll put up a marker there? It's already well-known. Uh, okay. yeah. 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 Well, listen, sir, thank you very much for the time. We just wanted to check in. Uh, 
uh, given the uh, proceedings that have occurred. Uh, one of the, as you say, a great historical moment. And thank you, uh, Your Excellency, for your time. Well, thank you so very much, guys, for your excitement and uh, for congratulating us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank and you. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Mike, he basically admitted that President-elect Obama was born there. Yes, he did. That's, that's what I was asking him. Remember the controversy yeah, about... I do about Hawaii and, uh, and, and and whether he naturalized or not or Can what we, happened. I mean, that's a fact. I, just, no, you're going to have to replay it because I, I didn't... I asked him if there was going to the be day. a marker for, for where his, he was the born. For fact that he was born there. And I said, President-elect, not to confuse with his dad. And he said, absolutely, there's already plans. Right, so there you go. So that means we're going to have to remove his... Uh, we're going <laughs> to his excellency, have to undo you, it. I'm not going to argue with his excellency. If he I says, wouldn't. If he says it's President-elect Obama was, was born in Kenya, he was born in Kenya. It's disrespectful to argue. Well, there have been about 17 cases nationwide over Barack Obama's birth certificate. Now, a birth certificate costs between 10 and $15 to get a copy of it. So for less than $400, Barack Obama could have made 17 copies of his original birth certificate and had them sent to each of these courts by express mail. Instead, this highly educated man has spent to date $800,000 on legal fees to prevent his birth certificate from becoming public. Now do you think Barack Obama might have something to hide?
make you go hmm. Um, back to Susan Daniels, the work that she did revealing that Obama's Social Security number, the one he uses most often, was issued out of Connecticut between 77 and 79 when he was a teenager in Hawaii, um, obviously proving um, that it's a fraudulent Social Security number and not his. I was trying to think, how can I get the government to acknowledge that this is a fraudulent Social Security number? And so I was trying to think of how could I get in through the back door somehow to get them to confirm this. And I decided that I was going to register with the government-run E-Verify system, which is for employers to determine whether or not their employees are eligible to work in the United States of America. And employers are required by law as of 1986 to do this. Employees have to fill out an I-9 form attesting to their citizenship or, or work status, and employers have to follow it up and verify if it's true. So I decided that I was one of Barack Obama's employers and that I had a legal obligation to determine whether or not he was eligible to work here. So uh, I registered with E-Verify, and on August 17, 2011, I ran Barack Obama's data into the system, and it came back uh, flagged most likely as fraudulent. That's right, and you're using the the Social Security number that, appears on his uh, Selective Service registration. Yes, and it also appears on last year's tax return filing, um, uh, which is posted on the White House uh, website. Yeah, by the way, the, the, the Magdaddy's Social Security number is, is fraudulent Social Security number. I love to give this out because I want the FBI just to just cringe. Mm-hmm. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. Yes, uh, The Magdaddy's fraudulent Social Security number, 042 Six eight four four two five. Again, uh, the fraudulent Social Security number of the criminal in the White House, Barry Satoro, who goes by the alias Barack Hussein Obama, who could possibly be uh, Harrison J. Bonnell. The, the number he's using is zero four two six eight four four two five. Homeland Security says if you know of anything suspicious, you should say something. I just said it. The president of the United States is using a fraudulent Social Security number. Uh, so Janet Napolitano, I'm I'm reporting this on the air right now. Uh, you're Secretary of Homeland Security. I hope you do something about this.
Don't put gas in your car. Don't put diesel in your truck. Don't put gas or diesel in your boat on Mondays. Man. Talk about how Alan and I met, where we met, how we've evolved. So, Alan, you can start telling us. Well, we I went to, um, I have a very close cousin who, now, who has since passed away, who was like a brother to me growing up. And um, his wife called me and said he was very sick, which I knew. And I told her, you know, I don't want to see him when he doesn't know who I am. She said, well, you better get here because he's pretty sick. And it was about Thanksgiving Day weekend. Or a couple of days before Thanksgiving, and I tried to get a flight out to St. Louis. He was in St. Louis, and I couldn't get a flight out. And if I could, it was like triple the price. It was the last minute, and so Craig P., whose office this is that we're borrowing, said to me, "How about you ever think about going by train?" Now my mom was from St. Louis, so my grandparents were there, and my older sister was there, and we used to go back every couple of years by train, by bus. By playing whatever way my father could get us there, he got us there. That's a promise he made to my mom when we left St. Louis when I was about four or five. That he would uh, give us all summer out there, or my grandparents would come here. But as they got older, we went there more. They only came here once, I twice maybe, I don't remember. I was young, but we went there a lot. So, um, so I said, you know, I hadn't done that in a long time, but I said, you know, it doesn't sound bad. I checked out the price, the price wasn't bad. Little did I know, <clears throat> little did I know there was a 19-hour trip up the uh, up state New York, down the Ohio Valley, and then I went to Chicago, and then there was a five-hour trip back to St. Louis, which we pretty much passed on the way, but, but Chicago was where the hub was for the train uh, for Amtrak. I was there about a week, I guess. Um, he knew who I was. He couldn't talk. He couldn't walk. He definitely didn't look good, that's for sure. And he was only a couple of years older than me, about two years older than me, roughly. Roughly, he died about six months later. But he knew I was there, and I spent almost every day with him. On the way home, I was in the Chicago train station, and there were some people who, who I went with seven days before that happened to be there also. I guess they were going back. They were like Amish. They weren't Amish, but they were some kind of similar thing, kind of. I don't know. They had some kind of sect, about six or seven of them. And we were kind of eyeing each other up in the train station. And uh, I was sitting on one side. I had like an hour, I think, to wait for the train, something like that. And uh, I didn't know Steph at the time. He was on the other side of the train station, I believe. Right, I was in the terminal at the same time. Right, mm -hmm. and you can kind of take it from here a little bit. So, And then we'll, get, we'll chime in together. Well, I, <clears throat> I was coming from California. And uh, a couple of days, I, I decided I wasn't going to fly. So I was there to do a film shoot for a movie that... Uh, Still hasn't happened yet. Things take a while to do. But anyway, I was there for a movie. And uh, just before I had to get on the train, I told the director of the movie and the two girls that we knew, I'd like to take you out to dinner to come back to New York before I go back to New York on my midnight train. So I was waiting in this restaurant for the people to it show up. It wasn't a midnight train to Georgia, was it? 
you know, midnight train in, uh, to, to Chicago is what it was. So here I am. I'm waiting for them to come to meet me to go, you know, to have dinner at this Mexican restaurant there. As a matter of fact, I was in Mount Shasta. I'll throw it out there. So as I'm sitting down waiting, there's a guy sitting across from me, and uh, he's playing chess. And somebody comes over to help the guy uh, play chess. And uh, this Native American guy named Jimmy was pissed off that this guy was coming over to, like, screw up the game. So he said to the guy, hold on a minute. He gets up. He takes out his backpack, pulls out a taser. He says, you see this? So the guy who interrupted the game says, yeah, I see it. And I'm watching this the whole time. He says, this is a taser. If you don't shut up, I'm going to stick it up your ass. He goes, and that'll be the, the Italian, last. The Italian defense. And Guido wasn't even there. No, this was a Native American. He was a first American's first people. So now I'm watching this. And the guy was so scared, he left the place immediately. He stopped helping, you know, the coach, the other player there. So I said to the guy, you know, I don't know why I said it. I said, by the way, I said, can I see that taser you showed to me? I says, how much over $75 will you sell it to me for? I said, I'll give you up to 100 He goes, well, you can get it tomorrow in the store. I said, but I got to leave tonight, and I'd like to have it. So he sells it to me. I said, just show me how to use this. So he takes off the safety, shows me how to use it. He goes, be careful with it. So I took it. I bought some granola, put it in the bag. And then I went back to sit down there, and uh, some guy comes in, and a guy sits right across from me and says, oh, uh, by the way, I'd like to take you around town to show you some things. I said, I, I, do I know you? He said, no. He goes, I know who you are. I said, really? He goes, yeah, you're the guy who won't shut up. I said, really? I said, shut up about what? He goes, uh, I got a message for you. He goes, I want to take you up on the mountain and read you your last rites. I said, read me my last rites? He goes, yeah. I said, you threatening me? He said, no, I'm promising you. I said, hold on a minute. So I open up the granola bag, I take out the taser, I take off the safety, and I put it up to like the microphone to your face. I said, this is a taser. How about I stick it in your mouth, and you'll go up to the mountain, and I'll bury your ass here. All of a sudden, Alan, he runs out of the restaurant. So the Indian guy who had sold me the taser said, Steph, what happened to me? Him. I says, I don't know. I think he just took a dump. Be careful going out the door. There's like diarrhea going out the door. So now I get on the train thinking, you know what? You're telling me when I come back to New York, somebody's going to hurt me. You know, I'm going to be on this red eye for two, three days. You know, I better be careful. So I get on the train and uh, after having dinner with the, uh, the director and some of the girls. And uh, I get to Chicago like two, three days later. And I'm tired. I'm in the terminal. And I'm like, you know, I hope this train, this last hour, I'm saying, you know, I feel like it was days before we get on the train. And I'm looking at this, this woman who says, can I sit next to you? I said, sure, you can sit next to me. It's an empty seat, what am I going to say? And she's telling me she's going to New York State. I said, well, I'm going to New York State, too. And while this is happening, there's this Chinaman there, and he's got this box. And he's trying to get this box taped, running back and forth in the terminal like a, a man who was possessed. And I'm saying, something wrong with this man. So Correct. now he goes to the counter. And they're doing a tape-up job to the, get the this box. Exactly, they taped it up because they wouldn't let the an untaped box go on a train, and everybody was getting tired of watching him run around the train station, saying, "I got to get on this train. I can't miss this train. I got to get to New York." Yeah. So, so finally, they get his box taped. So everybody who's there must have been about a hundred people that are waiting in that terminal area, yeah. watching this debacle happening. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm half tired. I'm thinking, you know. I hope he doesn't get on my train. Doesn't get on the same car. Or same anyway. car. Yeah. I was wrong. So we board the train. I don't know Alan at this point. And the woman says to me, do you mind 
if I sit next to you because I'm going to New York State too. So I'm thinking, you know, what harm could it be? You know, so we get on the bus, I mean the train. train. The uh, Chinaman gets on the train, and we're all there. Alan's on one side, I'm on the other. There's about ten people together, so, kind of fifteen people maybe, all hanging out together. So Alan, Alan's got his entourage on the left hand I don't side. Know it was entourage, but uh, yeah, some people I just met. Yeah, some people he met, and Alan's a very cordial, friendly guy. So he. He's got this whole group of people he's talking to, and I'm sitting on the other side as though I'm in a uh, monogamous relationship, I'll just say. With her. With her. And uh, the Chinaman is walking back and forth. We, we're, we're really not paying, nobody's really paying attention well, to him. We don't know what he's doing. Yeah, but we're really not paying attention to him. He's running up and down the aisles. And, and he hasn't found his seat yet, so right. we're trying to figure out, like, you know. What the fuck are you doing? What's going on? Because everybody now is seated, so we don't know. And he's making a couple of bathroom visits along the way. But we're not sure what's going on with this guy. He going to the car where, where there was food. Yeah, so he's going back and forth. like uh, So he made us aware of his presence at that point. Yeah. So we're there, and the uh, the woman that I'm with falls asleep with her head on my shoulder. So now I had a, a blanket on, her, on my knees. I covered my knees. And so I covered her a little bit. Thinking, you know, she fell asleep there. With my the next thing you know, you're getting transit head. Next thing I know, she gave me a gift that kept on no, transit head. Yeah, transit head. So Alan's only looking, thirty seconds. Yeah, it could have been longer. It felt like no, no. <laughs> she told she told me it was thirty seconds. You thought you were married for twenty minutes. So what happened was Alan looks over at me in this uh, compromising position, and he could swear it was my wife. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm, I'm going to just roll with this because now it's dark, you know, and uh, this is all going on. So thereafter, later on, a couple hours later, the Chinaman decides that he's got to get high. But we didn't know that at the point. Right. We, we didn't know that at that point. Yeah, so Alan will pick it up from here. So about that time, it was about 11 o'clock at night, and we're in Cleveland, Ohio, and the 15 people and I, we're all bullshitting, telling jokes and shit, telling each other where we're from, and you know, just being kind of friendly. And so I have to go to the bathroom, and I open the bathroom door, and it reeks of marijuana. And a Chinese guy sitting in the back of the car with the conductor. And I go back and I tell all these people, and they start laughing. I hope that jerk would do that. It's got no place for it to go. And we go to sleep. And the next morning, I don't know, it was about 8 o'clock maybe, something like that. Early in the morning. It was 8, like maybe 8, 8.30, yeah, something 30, like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the conductor gets on a PA, and he says we're pulling into Buffalo, New York. And the Border Patrol is doing a spot check on IDs. And we were looking at each other like, what the fuck? We don't know. You know, so, like, we don't know what's going on. And we pull into Buffalo. And there's the Border Patrol. There's the Buffalo Police. There's Homeland Security. And Amtrak. And Amtrak Police. And they're all waiting for us. And the conductor says, listen, everybody in this car is going to have to get off. They're going to check a few IDs. And everybody probably be, like, unless you have a problem, you're going to get left, go back on the train. So we pulled to Buffalo and we get out. There was about 20, maybe 25 people in the car. I don't know. So like, there weren't that many. Um, and we noticed that nobody else is getting off the train but us, our car. Only car. Yeah, that's right. We're the only car. And they checked a couple IDs and they let everybody back on, except for the Chinese guy. They take his luggage and his box off. And he's talking to them, and we, we pull out. And then we get to Albany, and there's a 20-minute rest stop there because you can get some decent food. 
Hopefully, if you gotta go to the bathroom, there's a decent bathroom because the bathroom on the train wasn't that great, and the food on the train wasn't that great. Um, and as we're getting off, the conductor says, "You know what happened to that guy?" And we're all like, "We don't know. You know what happened?" And he said he had a three-pound brick of marijuana in that box that the Amtrak lady taped up. And at this point, that was about four years ago, roughly. Right. Um, there was a federal fence to go from Illinois to Ohio to New York. Interstate drug traffic. Interstate drug, right. Yeah. So he got arrested. And Steph, you can take it for a little bit from here now. Well, yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> while we're waiting for the, the Amtrak officers, Homeland Security, to, like, just profile each one of us. There's a guy in front of me. I felt so bad for him. He was oh, Indian guy. Middle yeah. Eastern Indian yeah. guy. Well, he was in front of me. And I could swear he took a dump in front of me, man, because he was scared shitless. He was shaking like a leaf. He yeah. was scared shitless. Yeah. And I was like, man. How can, you know, and this poor guy was like petrified. He was petrified because, you know, he fit their narrative. I'll say their, not mine. I mean, you know, I think people are beautiful to proven otherwise, you know. But the guy was like, he was shitless from, from the experience. So we end up coming back on the train and we come back on the train. And uh, of course, I'm still married at that point. And then a couple of stops. Seconds. Yeah, a couple of stops later. Uh, the woman who was sitting next to me decides that she has to get off and just to sort of stop. And you didn't get off with her, so we knew you weren't married to her. Right. So, and Alan looks at me and goes, I, I you're not married to her now. That's not your wife, is it? No. <laughs> I said, it was a quick oh, divorce. About, I said, for about 20 minutes. It was a quickie divorce. 30-second <laughs> divorce. So it was kind of funny because Alan saw one of my most embarrassing moments. I didn't see it. Well, he knew of it. And uh, so uh, it was a story that uh, that is our, our our beginning there so we meet we talk on the train after that alan explains what he's doing he gave me his card i i showed him some of the things that i can do right and uh, we both had a love for comedy so while this trip is still on going between yes. albany and new york city when we both got off we were going back and forth and having fun at this point just joking and laughing and then i got to see at that point just how zany and brilliant Alan was and funny, really, really funny. I go, you know, there's something here. Didn't know what it was yet. But, and you still don't. And I still don't. <laughs> but but this, I knew there was a chemistry there. And, and I, I, I saw that in that short interim of time that Alan, you know, was a good person, a good friend, and somebody who uh, I'm going to exchange numbers with. And then we did. Yeah, right. And then, and then uh, uh, you interviewed me twice. Right, and I, I, one of the shows was uh, Sleeping with the Fishes. Right. And another one I loved was uh, You Can't Make This Shit, shit up. up. Right. And then the, we did something, Ebony and Ivory with yes, you and it. I did. Another, right. another I fellow. A, I, was setting together, I was putting together a comedy act um, with a black gentleman. He was going to be Frank White, and I was going to be Willie Black. And it was all about how we look at things differently. And one of the uh, bits that I wrote is that um, I'm Jewish, so... Uh, he asked me, what do Jewish people do on Christmas Day? And I say, we go to the movies and have Chinese food. And then I say to him, what do you do as a black man? And he says, well, you're at the movies and eating Chinese food. We're robbing your house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we were actually about to get booked in Atlantic City in a lounge by a, a guy, a gentleman I met online. And unfortunately, COVID hit and Black Lives Matter. So we kind of like dropped it. It wasn't the right time. Yeah, it, was, it. It, was a right, it was a good thing because, you know, I always say, and Steph knows this, that all in the family and good times and uh, 
uh, you know, all those shows that, you know, even the Red Fox show. The controversial. You know, they were controversial, but they were right on the edge, but they were funny. Yeah, they weren't meant, meant to harm They weren't, somebody. yeah, right. They were, it, they stereotyped people and um, nobody got offended by it, really, you know? They didn't and, have to be, you know, Red Fox did stuff. And, correct. Right. So we didn't want to, the matter of fact, the, the name of the comedy duo was, I put together, was the Unpolitically Correct Comedy Duo. And we were going to have a disclaimer if we got on stage together saying that if you, if you were bothered you, you better leave now. We'll refund your ticket right now right. because that's what it was going to be about, you know. So, so when that happened and, and uh, Alan wasn't able to get that project to launch and take right. off, uh, he had said to me, he goes, you know, why don't you and I do something together? Yeah. I never thought about, you know, doing a show with you that way. I had produced a couple of shows for you. And I said, well, you know what? I had fun producing those shows with you. Right. I laughed to my heart's content. I go, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I can have fun doing it. I said, well, find your joy. I go, you know, this does make me happy. And uh, so we ended up taking on the project and we put it up on YouTube, for a matter of fact, in the first, beginning. Yeah, in the beginning. And then YouTube changed its rules. Right. And when YouTube changed its rules, we got censored uh, of the yin yang. I said, you know, it's not fun anymore. And uh, so we found another platform. And, we were doing it on uh, StreamYard. Correct. And StreamYard, we were getting hacked. Every week Every we were week. getting hacked. And right. it's like, you know, we got to take this show into a studio environment. And luckily, you know, Craig. Craig P. P right. Peter made it available for us to Correct. be here to do the studio. So we've right. been doing shows. And this is show number 47. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we've kind of evolved from two guys just BSing on a train to where we are today with all the major platforms that we're on. And, and, we, cre and we created segments, Idiots for Idiots, Sports Stupidisms, yeah. Online Dating Nightmares, 15 Minutes of Shame, annoyances, Everyday Annoyances. Those are all our, our, our own creations. Right. They're and all original. Right, and every week we come up with new themes, new ideas, and we're always changing. Like our... Our theme songs is changing all the time. I mean, we are mercurial. We're changing, and Alan can change his thoughts in the New York Minute. Our show's theme song In my is, case, is New Jersey Minute. Yeah. Ain't no stopping Ain't us no now. Ain't no stopping us now. So, for those who've challenged us, and, you know, his thing... We've had our challenges. And, which Alan can bring up. What's some of the challenges we've had, Alan? Well, they've hacked your passwords on a lot of sites. They've blocked me from going on Zazzle. Um... You know, they, they've stolen stuff, they've blown up computers, they've blown up chargers on us. I mean, we're sitting um, here one time when they actually blew the computer up in front of us. A brand new computer. A brand new HP laptop. Right, that they, they that when you plugged it in, it, it, it blew it up. And before that, we didn't have a battery in it. You put a battery in it and plugged yeah. it in and all of a sudden it blew up. Yeah, I mean, I've lost... Uh, Too much power. In the last year, 10 batteries, 10 chargers, and at least four computers. Right. So a friend of mine asked me, said to me, well, why do you keep doing it? I says, why? I says, because I like what I'm doing. Right. I enjoy what I'm doing. And this is minor. You know, yeah, it's money that I've wasted, you know, uh, over $1,000, let's say, that I just mentioned. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. So for those of you who didn't get the memo, ain't no, no stopping, stopping us now. Alan and Steph now. So the way we met, synchronicity, this is... Good thing you said that, not me. Yeah, this is the universe putting us together, and we wanted to share that with you today. So 
every week I've been going to Chinatown uh, since I came back from California to get a uh, massage or rub down some therapy. And I swore, and I told Alan last year, I said, I think our Chinaman's out in Chinatown now. He said, what do you mean? I said, it was three years later. I looked and I could swear that's the man. I mean, not every Chinaman looks and he's got alike. A, and he's got a box in his office. Right, and it's, it's half taped up. Right. And I went to the it's bathroom. got Amtrak tape around it. And I went to the bathroom and I got a contact high for the marijuana. Right. So here I am in Chinatown with nothing to do, so I went out and get a cappuccino and uh, massage an espresso. And, <laughs> massage and a contact high. <laughs> So, and, a, and a bag of Cheetos. So the guy introduced himself as Jackie Hands. Oh, you know? right. I said, where are you from? He said, Chicago. And I said, so if you like what you're hearing, keep it locked here. And I won't back down. Don't put gas in your car. Don't put diesel in your truck on Mondays. What we're doing today, tell somebody, tell three people, because they'll tell three people. And next thing you know, we'll get everybody on the bandwagon, because we have the hottest. The hottest. Hottest. It's on fire. On fire. We're setting the world on fire. fire. We, we, we got to watch out now, because there's three, three, not one, not two, but three downstairs. Fire trucks just waiting to see what's going to happen next, booby. Keep it locked here. We're coming back with our favorite segment, Idioms for Idiots. back with idioms for idiots as promised so alan tell everybody what an idiom is an idiom is step on a crack break your mother's back um how does they equate what is that how do we analyze it whoever said it what does it really mean and uh, like we had one a couple weeks ago balls to the walls and we said that's good except for if you're in prison because that means tyrone or bubble right, or right behind you baby with a big beat big middle bit of a bass drum bass drum bass drum and, and, and the slide trombone something's gonna slide ain't gonna be no trombone no <laughs> yeah. don't drop the soap dude. don't drop the soap rope yeah that boobs it's like a tutu ta-da ta-da what's your name is that boobs ta-da yeah ta-da I got some hot tatas. I got some hot tatas. I got some big tatas. If I said that to you, I had some hot tatas last night with my, my corned beef sandwich. You said, What the hell do you have? Did yeah. you have tater tots? No, I had tatas. I had some big tatas. Yeah, she came after my meal. She's got some big tatas. <laughs> Call it a happy meal. <laughs> boy, I was happy last night. Them tatas. Bigger, bigger than a six pack. Smaller than an eight pack. Man. You want to see the video? <laughs> It'll be on Rumble. <laughs> until next time. As opposed to until the time before. Until next time. How about until now? So what? I got I got to wait until next time? Why don't you tell me now, Alan? Right. Why do you want to make me wait until next time? Because I want to, that's why. Because I can. Because you can, right? Because I can. Because you got the power. Wait till next time. Wait till next time, that's right. So when's next time? You'll have to wait to find out. You'll have to find out the next Tune time. Tune in next week. You'll have to find out next time. Okay. Right, next time. <laughs> Until next time. Vamoose. Vamoose. What is a vamoose? 
It's like vermouth, you know? Is that a, is that a, is that a boost that's only a va? Yeah. Vamoose! They're like, see you later, alligator? Up your nose with rubber hose? Yeah, it's like, scram! Vamoose! Scram! Vamoose! I never saw a vamoose. What is a vamoose? Vamoose is a critter that killed the goose. It's a goose moose. Goose moose, yeah. Mm. Goose moose. As opposed to goose goose. Yeah. Goose goose. Vamoose! Vamoose! I'm calling you, Vamoose! This time is Pin Spaghetti Wednesday! Moose Carroll, your brother Avaz looking for you. He used to play for the Yankees, first base. Moose, Vamoose Carroll. Vamoose Carroll. Get the hell out of here, Vamoose Michael K, eat your heart out, Vamoose Carroll. He's on our show next week. <laughs> He's probably gone. Where are they now? Well, Vamoose is probably somewhere in Florida, somewhere, right? Vamoose. We're going to Vamoose out of here now. <laughs> but we will be back. We'll see if we can find Vamoose. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me get my phone out here. Wait a minute. Let's see if we can find him. Vamoose! Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think I got his number. 1-800-CALL-FBI. Uh, Hello? Uh, I'd like to speak to Vamoose Mueller. Vamoose Mueller. Who? Who's this? This is Steph. From Steph and the G-Man. Yeah. And, We're calling for Vamoose. Yeah. Calling for Vamoose. He's not home? Why are you saying not there right now? What time will he be back? Hey, listen, you got my number. I'm doing a show here right now. I'm busy. So give us a call. And this number, we want to talk to Vamoose Mueller. Mueller, Mueller, whatever. Whatever it is. Tell him we want to do lunch. Do something. We'll scram. Scram. Vamoose. Let's see you later, Booby. Bye. So if you like what you're hearing, keep it here. I'm Steph. And I'm the G-Man. And we're here in front of the Spotify, Spotify building for World Trade Center. And we're here to tell you about the BS show with Steph and the G-Man. If you like comedy, you got to watch our show or listen to our podcast. Alan, why should they listen to our Spotify podcast? Why shouldn't they? We're originators. We're not duplicators. Everything's original. We don't copy anybody. We don't pick on anybody. Uh, we change the names to protect the guilty. That's right. And if you don't like it, it's up your what? Take a rubber hose, stick it up your nose or any place else you want to put it. So take us along with you. Take us in the car. Take us on patrol. Take us to the bathroom. Take us in the crapper. It might loosen the load. Keep it locked here. Check out our show on Spotify because we are the new kids in town. The boys are back in town. Jackie Hand says, the boys are back in town. Yes, Chinatown. The only BS you'll ever need in your life is the BS show with Stephanie G-Man.
segment here. So here in our last uh, we'll begin by Alan uh, starting out. Tell us who he wants to thank today. Uh, we want to thank Craig P. and Peter for letting us use the office on 77 Water Street, 35th floor. We get the nice view of the Hudson River where we can see the, the bubbles or the bodies coming to the surface, whatever. I used to think there were bubbles, but then all of a sudden I heard one of them, you know, was floating. <laughs> no, one was floating. And one was gagged though, too. Well, gagged and floating all the same gagged time. Gagged and floating, yeah. <laughs> He hadn't died yet, but yeah. he, was, he was on the way to it. Yeah. Jump on the bandwagon. Help us out, Alan, right? Don't buy gasoline. Don't buy diesel for your boat, your car, or anything else that uses gas or, des or diesel on Mondays. Let, let's get this point across because soon, if something doesn't happen, if you're old enough to remember the lines of rationing in 1970, this is going to happen again if we don't watch it. I'm telling you, I said that a couple of months ago, and I still say it now, because we're getting a lot closer to that now. Exactly, and we don't need Nostradamus to tell us what's going to happen down the pike. It's, it's here now. It's already here, and you just have to open up your eyes, and you realize. What are Wake things, up, America. Wake up. That's exactly right. One of the things I you truckers, it's a nice time for you guys to head towards Washington and get them to understand that this is a real situation. This isn't a dog and pony show. We want change. And we are the change. We're going to be the change. So be the change that you want to see in the world. Tell three people who tell three people, tell, tell three people about Gasoline Boycott Mondays. The last thing I want to say is go to our sites. Alan, where can they find us? I think we're on Amazon Music. We're on Deezer. Google Podcast. iHeartRadio. GeoSaving. Podcast Addict. Podchaser. Red Circle. Spotify. Spreaker. Stitcher. Our favorite site. Son of a Bitcher. Where can we find on video? I think we're on BitChute. We're on Rumble. And how about on Zazzle? We've got products on Zazzle, on Sindoni Says. And one of the things you're going to find when you go out there, the Thailand Zone Obama Identity Reveal. It's about 19 minutes. You can either listen to it on our podcast station, on Spotify, or you can watch it, watch it on the video on the BitChute or Rumble and also on the Internet guy. So if you guys want to find out who Barack Obama really is, I'm about to share, share with you, because Alan knows, he always kids me about, well, I say I was a $25 million man. Well, Alan says I was only worth 19 because... $6 million man. Yeah, $6 million man. Steve Austin got some of my money. But now, they're going to have to acknowledge what I'm saying, because the FBI covered this up, and you guys can't follow me no more, because the truth is out there. And what do they say? The truth shall set you and free. And Boycott Monday shirts are now on Zazzle. Zazzle.com. Sindoni says, 
I'm all over the city now with these t-shirts. I'll be there to the end of the month. And after that, probably going on a road trip. And you're going to hear Alan and I doing our thing. We're going to take the, the BS show on the road, baby. The BS Express. The BS Express. Woo! Woo! If you like it, keep it locked here. Alan, any final words? Just, if you, don't, if you like us, fine. If you don't, take a rubber hose, stick it up your nose or any place else you want to shove it. Sayonara. Shalom. See you later. Till we meet again, happy trails to you. I'll be alone each and every night. While you're away, don't forget to write. Bye-bye, so long, farewell. Bye-bye, so long.
sweetheart. Well, 